John chapter number eight. I'm only going to read one verse uh, and then I'll give you what I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart. John chapter number eight, verse 31 says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. I'll read it again. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. So I, I want to uh, teach, preach, however it falls out of me uh, today, a message entitled, Repeat After Me. Okay? Repeat after me. Let, let's try that. Repeat after me. Uh, uh, well, okay. Yes, that was, that's true too. Okay. Repeat after me. I love God. Repeat after me, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Repeat after me, I love Embassy City Church. I love repeat after me, I think Tim's the best preacher I've ever heard in my entire, no, I'm just kidding, don't, don't repeat that. Repeat after, it's, it's just a repeat after me. That's what we're going to talk about, okay? Bow your heads, let's pray over the word, shall we? God, thank you for making us repeaters. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, uh, as you all know, uh, one of my best friends and my twin brother, uh, Preston Morrison, and I have a very, very uh, tight relationship. I met Preston back in uh, January of 2008. He was a young adult pastor at Gateway Church uh, in South Lake, but they were meeting at the North Richland Hills campus, and I was the young adult pastor at the Potter's House uh, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, somebody was trying to get us together. Uh, they had been trying for over six or seven months. Uh, we finally connected. We went to lunch uh, for the first time uh, the day after I heard him teach. And we were at the Cheesecake Factory in South Lake. We were there for four and a half hours, crying our little eyes out. And God just gave us a bond that has been un unbreakable ever since. Uh, there's a lot of compliments that uh, Preston and I have exchanged about each other's uh, giftings and, and, and talents that God has given us. But one thing that he said to me one time, and has repeated several, uh, has stuck with me. And he said, Tim, uh, you're probably the best repeater I have ever heard in my entire life. And I thought it was a very unique compliment because I didn't know what it meant. And so I was like, oh, thank you. You know, like when somebody pays you a compliment, but you don't know what they mean. So your thank you has a question mark. It's like, thank you? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you just meant by that. But he said, you're one of the best repeaters I've ever heard in my life. And I said, well, okay, well, what does that mean? I'm, 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 I'm a repeater. He said, dude, you don't preach sermons. And I was like, yes, I do, because I have notes and stuff, and I prepare it, and then I preach the sermon. He was like, dude, you don't have notes. Uh, I have notes. And like, he showed me like, his pages of notes. And then he was like, your notes are on hotel, hotel stationery. And it's like the title, the book chapter verse, and literally three points. Like it just says the points. He said, and you can talk about it for an hour. So you're clearly not writing down a message. And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess he said, so you're a repeater. And, and I said, okay, so, but, but explain that. He goes, uh, again, you don't preach. All you do is listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and repeat what he said. He said, that's all you do. Anytime I've ever heard you, all you do is get up there and you talk and then you just repeat what you're hearing. And I think that's why people are so engaged with the message. He says, sometimes you even stop in the middle of what you're saying to say, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then you say that. 
Well, I wasn't even aware that I was stopping to do that until other people started telling me I was doing that. And it's very true. There is a conversation that is going on in my head. I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> and I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And there's certain things that he says that I have to pause and go, okay, uh, I know I said a lot just now, but that clearly was a, a fresh word from the Lord. And I repeat it. I thought to myself, I think we're all supposed to be repeaters. That's all we're supposed to be doing with our lives is repeating what we've seen and what we've heard Jesus say and do. By definition, you guys know I love definitions. By definition, to repeat means to say again something that has already been said. That's the definition of repeat, to say again what somebody or something that somebody has already said. And uh, I have, I like to make up definitions. I hope to have my own book one day of just definitions. Uh, but so if that's the definition of repeat, here's the definition that I have for a repeater or us as repeaters. Uh, to say and do what he has already said and done. If I'm going to have a definition for repeater, it's going to be that we say and do what Jesus has already said and done. And reading in John chapter number eight, verse 31, he's basically telling us this uh, in this verse. You are truly my disciples if that's conditional. So you can say you're my disciple, but I really know you're my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings. It's not just what I say in your presence, it's what you say when you're out of my presence. It's not just what you do in my presence, it's what you do outside of my presence that is gonna let me know that you're a true disciple, a true follower of the way, the truth, and the life. So we want to be repeaters. And let me tell you something. It is an absolute privilege to be considered a repeater. I mean, I mean think about it. We, we have the awesome opportunity every day that we get up for the rest of our lives to just simply say and do what he's already said and done. Let me tell you why that makes it so easy for me. That means I don't have to make nothing up. Do you know how much pressure it would be if I have to make it up on my own? But no, he already laid out the blueprint. He laid it out with scripture. He laid it out with his own life. And now here's what he said. Repeat after me. Do exactly what I've done and say exactly what I've said. And this is going to be great. It's literally an open book test. You don't have to try to make this up on your own. Because when you do, we get scared. When people try to just take the faith and go into like this internal place and they won't receive any outside counsel and they won't, they won't balance things with the word of God, it comes out crazy. And, and you know it starts to get a little off because it doesn't sound like him. When you're not a repeater, it means you're making something up. And I don't know, but if, when we follow his blueprint, we can't make stuff up. It has to be what he said and what he's done. So uh, there's three things that repeaters do. Uh, and, and you will repeat this over and over and over again. 
uh, until you die, okay? So there's three things that repeaters do, and I want you to write down these three things, okay? Uh, point number one, the first thing that repeaters do is uh, we die, dot, 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 a lot, okay? We die. <laughs> there's already some people saying amen to that. We die a lot. Now, now, now why, do we, why do we die a lot? Because he died. And we're just repeating what he did. He paid the ultimate price by dying on the cross. We pay a little bitty price by dying a little bit on our cross every day so we can continue to repeat what he said and what he's done. He did the big death. We just do a little bitty death every single day so that we can, we can repeat what he said and what he's done. Galatians chapter number two, verse 20 says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I tell you something? If you're going to be a good repeater, you're going to die a little bit every single day until you die. <laughs> you're just going to die. If you do it right, you're going to feel like you're dying. And that's a great thing, except it doesn't feel great, but it produces an amazing thing in your life. Jesus uh, died on the cross. But I would submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that he died a place before the cross. And it was in the garden. What he did on the cross came solely because of a decision he made in the garden. See, you won't die to anything in your life until you've made the decision to die to that thing in your life. If you're waking up every morning going, Lord, take this away from me. I know you don't want me to have it. It's making it hard for me to be a repeater because I have this situation in my life. And as soon as you take it, I'll be able to serve you better. God's like, no, no, not that easy. I'm not going to take it from you. I want you to give it to me. Let me tell you something. Giving something away hurts a little bit more. <laughs> when God is saying, hey, I, I require this of you. I want you to give it up as a sacrifice. That means you probably like it. That's why it feels like it's death. Because you hate to part with it. I, I love my, my car. I got a Nissan Maxima and I like it a lot. My foot likes it more than I do. My right foot. Um, and... Uh, so, so sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm in uh, danger of some tickets, okay? Uh, sometimes, maybe a lot. Uh, I got in a car accident a couple of months ago, and so I had to uh, get a rental car, uh, and so I had a Ford Escort. And uh, I, I literally referred to that vehicle as the vehicle of my uh, humility. Uh, God was humbling me in an area of my life. Uh, and if you have an Escort, He's already humbled you. Um, I'm just playing. I'm just, it's just a car. It's going to get you from A to B. Don't worry about it. Okay. So, so I'm in that car, and, and I'm missing my horses, right? The, the horses are not there, and I'm missing my little get-up, and I'm missing my navigation, and I'm missing all this kind of stuff. <laughs> if you have an escort, please don't be embarrassed. Like, like, there's like somebody with an escort that's like, I'm not getting into my car, into the parking lot. It's empty. No, it's just it's a car. Okay. So I'm in the car. And uh, uh, I, I remember thinking to myself, 
man, you know, I had the car for, for a little over uh, two weeks. And after about the third or fourth day, I thought to myself, I can live with this. You know, I love my car, but it's not, it's not, it's just a car. And if I had to drive this Escort, I would drive this Escort. And I started, I started saying, Lord, do you want me to give up my car? Because I'll give it up for you. I mean, it'll hurt, but, I, but I'll give it up to you. It's just a car. And then I started thinking, you know what? How much gas mileage am, am I saving in this Ford Escort? I only had to fill it up one time. This is fantastic. <laughs> and because there's not a lot of ponies, it's like my right foot got instantly delivered. <laughs> I haven't sped all week. This is amazing. Maybe I need this like a, now I'm not going to keep a Ford Escort. I wanted a Nissan Sentra. I'm like, maybe I'll just get a Sentra, you know, and that, that'll just fix everything. I'll be delivered. I'll be set free. I'll be healed. It'll be fantastic. And after that two weeks was over, I got my car back. And I was like, Lord, um, <laughs> now I will, I, I mean, I'll go get a Sentra if you want me to have it, but I kind of like this car. Now, that's just a car. But what if it was a habit? What if it was an attitude? What if it was a grudge that you were holding and God is saying, I, I, I need you to give me that? I, I'm not going to take it from you. That would be too convenient. I want you to give it to me. When we do that, we die a little bit on the inside. And when we die a little bit on the inside, someone else gets to live a little bit more on the inside as well. And that's the Holy Spirit. See, the reason why it's important that every day uh, there, 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 there's something in our life that's dying is because it means that something, someone in our life is living. And that's the Holy Spirit. Every time we die to an area of our life, the Holy Spirit now has more of an area to move, reign, and rule in our lives. And if we would only submit it and give it to him, we would start to see us becoming better repeaters. So that's point number, number one, that we die a lot. Point number two, write this down. We live a lot. We die a lot and we live a lot. Romans chapter number 14, verses 17 and 18 say this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you got something to write that down with or highlight it in your app, uh, uh, do so. Living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I got to say that again. Living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. We get to live and have peace and have joy in the Holy Spirit. When we become good repeaters and we die right, we'll start living right. As good repeaters, when we, when we start dying to the things that we're not supposed to have, God will start allowing us to see life for really what it is and how it's supposed to be experienced. What I learned in that Ford Escort is that it's just a car. whoop de doo When I got into the accident uh, with the guy, here, here's what happened. Uh, I hit a car uh, uh, who, who lost control, got a flat tire in the fast lane, okay? And I, I'm... 
I was in the fast lane. Me. So if I was in the fast lane being fast in my car that's fast, and he uh, uh, slowed down like 15 miles an hour instantly, no brakes or anything, just slowed down. I hit him. There was a lady in a Bentley behind me. She hit me. Okay. I was grateful that Bentley was behind me and not in front of me. <laughs> you are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Okay, so, so uh, the, the Bentley hit me. So we pull over on the side of the road, and, and the guy, th there is so much fear in his voice. He is overwhelmed with fear uh, because there's so much road rage and all this kind of stuff uh, that happens in these accidents or just in traffic. You don't even have to hit anybody. Just pull in front of them and you could die. I mean, that is just, it's ridiculous. And so uh, uh, we pull over to the side of the road and he gets in the car, he's like, man, I'm so sorry. Uh, 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 I panicked, I froze, uh, my, my car got a flat, it just started slowing down, it was rattling, I didn't know what to do. And, and, and I had a concrete barrier on one side and there was no way for me to maneuver. Uh, and, and I hit him and he goes, and so we just start talking and, and, and uh, I was like, are you okay? Are, 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 are you gonna be all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm a little shaken up. The lady behind had already started taking pictures. And um, she was like, hmm, okay. So, so we exchanged all of our insurance information and she was the first one to leave the scene. And here's why. Uh, uh, she had a hair coloring appointment. And she, I can't even make this up. And she was like, are we good? Do we have everything? Cause I have an appointment that I have to get to and I don't care about the Bentley. This is about this tent that I need. <laughs> I need my highlights done, okay? I won't be able to see this lady for three more weeks. So she speeds off. So the guy is there and uh, he can't get uh, the boat off of, his, uh, uh, off of his tire to change the tire. So I'm looking at my watch, I'm supposed to be at work. I was just half a mile from work when it happened, about to exit on MacArthur. And I said, uh, he said, I I'm gonna have to go to the store or something. He couldn't drive the car. So, so I said, uh, get, hop in the car, I'll take you. So, so for the next hour and a half, we drive to Walmart, we get all the stuff, I paid for it. We're driving back and he just says, um, who are you? <laughs> and I said, my name's Tim. I never told him I was a pastor. Uh, and then he goes, uh, my, my, my parents um, uh, are pastors and I go to Christ for the Nations. And I went, oh, I'm speaking at Christ for the Nations in a couple of days. And he went, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, okay. And we get back there and, and he, had, he had just had uh, surgery on both of his arms because he had a seizure and fell and broke both of his arms. So he couldn't even turn the, the deal. Now, I'm not a handyman. Juliet will tell you that. Juliet's the handyman in our family, okay? <laughs> Anything breaks, Juliet fixes it, okay? Anything breaks, I call the person who can fix it. I keep the economy running. So, um, uh, so I'm down there and I'm, and I'm pulling uh, 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 the boat and, and anyway, we change the tire, we get, it, we get it all done. This guy is flabbergasted that I stayed with him for 90 minutes. 
But ladies and gentlemen, I'm living. Like, like I'm living for real. Like, like I didn't have to be at work so fast to do ministry that I couldn't stop to do ministry. The person that I had to counsel in the office could wait. They weren't in an accident. They didn't have two broken arms that were on the mend. And I was living in that moment because there was enough stuff dead in me that I could really live in the moment that I was in. See, if I had selfishness in me, self-centeredness in me, a little bit of ego in me, I'd have been thinking to myself, my car. And I'm busy because I'm important. I got things to do. Are you okay? Click, click, bye. That's not living. See, when enough of you has died, you really start living. And that life that starts coming out of you is a very unselfish life. It's a very beautiful life. It's a very peaceful life. As the scripture says, it's a very joyful life. I get joy out of very simple things. It does not take much to entertain me. I'm just fascinated by everything. When I go to the airport, I sit and people watch, and I am just fascinated. Folks just walk through the airport, and I make up whole backstories to their whole lives. I give them names, the kind of family they came out of, the job that they have. I could be completely wrong. I'm just so entertained in my head. I'm like, this is great. And they'll say something like, hey, uh, we're sorry. There's a mechanical issue with the plane and uh, we're gonna be here for another two hours. We can't uh, uh, deplane everybody, so we're just gonna have to sit here on the runway. And everybody, oh! Oh my God, I have somewhere to be! Okay, 500 people on this plane. 350 people on this plane have somewhere to be as well. Uh, and I'm so glad that they caught this while we were on the ground. I'd rather be on the tarmac for two hours than trying to be cleaned up off the tarmac <laughs> for 24 hours because the plane crashed and burned. But here's the thing, I'm just living. Like, I'm joyful. Is it an inconvenience? Yes. But, but I'm alive. And, and, and I have perspective. And, and the reason why I'm alive is because I'm dead. And when you die right, you just are not bothered by stuff other people are bothered by. Right. Traffic is just, it's just traffic. If you're dead, right. you're just in traffic, alive, <laughs> joyful. I got a place to go home to. I have AC in my car. This is Texas. <laughs> I'm happy. If you're not dead, traffic is the devil. I bind Satan, and I bind 635, and I bind 114, and I bind all this traffic. The enemy's really after me, saints. Y'all better be praying for me, because it's just an attack of the enemy right now. No, it's 5 o'clock. That attack happens every day, Monday through Friday, at 5 o'clock. That's not Satan. That's people in their cars trying to make a living. But if you're not dead, you're just mad all the time. I want to be alive. Yeah. 
Anybody else want to be alive? I want to be alive. I want to be joyful. I want to thank God for the things that are good in our life and not be focusing on stuff that's bad. A lot of stuff could be better, but I just want to be joyful and, and peaceful. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. Ooh. I judge my whole life by how quickly I fall asleep at night. If I can fall asleep good, that means my conscience is clear. That means I'm, I, I, I don't have anybody on my mind that I'm like, I shouldn't have done that to them. I hope they don't. Oh, my God. Uh, all these problems. Oh, my goodness. Hope they don't retaliate. Hope they don't say nothing. It's just easy when you can just get in the bed and go to sleep. There's nothing like a great night's sleep. My prayer is that, that you sleep well at night. That the enemy doesn't torment you, keep you up with stuff that you can't fix anyway. Worried about stuff that God's going to take care of anyway. You are in a temporary season of your life. You will not live there forever. God does have something greater for you. And all you have to do is get through this. It's peaceful. So we get to live a lot. Point number three, write this down. We get to give a lot. We get to die a lot. We get to live a lot. We get to give a lot. We give of ourselves. We give of our time. We give of our money. We just get to give. And what a blessing it is to give. Scripture says it's far more blessed to give than it is to receive. So we have the opportunity to be givers. One of the things that I always talk about uh, uh, with, with our young church is how incredibly amazed we have all been by how you give. Not, not just financially. We, we have some of the best givers. For, for a startup church to be nine months old, we have some of the best givers in the whole earth. Thank you, Jesus, for the way that you give. We, have not be, we could not be doing ministry the way we, we've been doing it for nine months if it wasn't for the way you give. It's been absolutely amazing. But you also give it your time. The volunteers that have been here, some of them from the beginning, getting up at 5.30 in the morning to load in and load out at 6 o'clock, and now we're in a season that we don't have to do that. Thank you, God, for Heartland Family Church. Thank you for a, 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 more, temp, a more permanent space where we don't have to do all of that. But they're still here, and they're still serving. All of our uh, volunteers that work in the children's ministry, because we have one service, when we had two services, they got to rotate and be in one and serve in one. Now we have one service. They haven't heard a message since April, live. They've had to wait to the podcast. And there's no complaints. Nobody's going, uh, when am I going to get some relief? When am I going to get some help? They're just so happy to give. They're just repeating what he did as a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave, we give. He died, we die. He lives, we get to live. He gave, we give. We're just repeating after him. One of the most incredible things that I would love our church to be complimented for is being good repeaters. Every time I see this person, they just repeat what Jesus does. They responded the way Jesus would have responded. They act the way Jesus 
would act. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to get off this. Every time we die and we allow his words or his actions to live, we are also giving somebody else life and not death. I hear so many times, I'm a Christian, but don't push me too far. I'm a Christian, but I can only take so much. What you've identified for all of hell is the marker you've set for yourself. And you've all pointed out the place that you refuse to die. And you've invited all of hell to meet you at that one spot. <laughs> I'm good, but if this happens to me, I'm going to lose it. Bravo, guys. You guys got that? Let's set it up. Okay? Let them have a great summer, but come September, let's make a booby trap. And they, said, they, already, they just told us they're going to fall right there, so let's just make sure that scenario happens. I want to drop dead in every situation. I, I, I would love to believe uh, uh, that I would respond like the Lord in every situation. I'm sure there's some situations where I would rather not respond like the Lord, but I hope in that moment the Holy Spirit just gives me the opportunity, just, Timmy, die. <laughs> hey, Tim, drop dead right now. And then my, my response, my reaction, my words that will come out of your mouth will be more life-giving than your carnality will. Because if you open your mouth and you give them a piece of your mind, they're going to be left with your mind and not mind. And I think it says somewhere in that book, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter number five, go to there, as my niece would say when she was little. Ephesians chapter number five, verses one and two. Why are we doing all of this? Why are we repeating? Because we've been commanded to repeat. Imitate God. <laughs> Underline that. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. <laughs> because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Repeat. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. We imitate God by following Christ's example. And when we repeat after him, we see amazing things happen in our lives. My five-year-old Noah, five and a half now, don't take that away from him. My five-year-old Noah said to me last week, it was the most beautiful moment, <laughs> one of the most beautiful moments I've had with him. Spontaneously, unprovoked, we're just sitting, I'm standing in the kitchen, he's standing there, and I said, Noah, you're a really handsome guy. He said, thank you, Daddy. He said, Daddy, I love listening to your instructions. Five and a half. I was like... What is going on in there? 
He said, Daddy, I love listening to your instructions. I said, you do? He said, why? He said, you know what? Um, things just go better when I listen to you. Remember that time you had to spank me? Because I didn't listen to what you said because I was playing a game on the day that I wasn't supposed to play it? And I was about to say, yes, I remember that. But then I remembered I, I have an opportunity to repeat something right here. So I looked at him and I said, um, buddy, I remember that time, but I never think about it. I have the opportunity to repeat God the Father's love to my son every opportunity I get. And what I don't want to do is be a false misrepresentation of, or false representation of God's love to his children. Because ultimately, I'm praying that at a very young age, my son will accept Jesus Christ into his life and have his own personal relationship with God as father. And I don't want him to compare God's love to mine and go, these guys don't match at all. So I looked at him and said, I remember the incident, but I never think about it. Because what was coming to my mind is he, he, he throws our sins to the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. So I said, buddy, do you know there's not a day since that, since that moment that I've thought about that? And he said, you haven't. You don't remember? Because remember that time you had to spank me? Like he was trying to make me remember. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I don't, mm -mm, no, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think about that. And he goes, well, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> he said, um, but, but when I listen to you, things just go right. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, this has to stop. This would be a great sermon. That's how I feel about God's word in my life. When I repeat after him, things just go right. When I try to remind him of stuff that I've done, when I'm feeling bad about stuff that I've done, he's never talking to me about that stuff. He's always affirming me and validating me as his son. He's never going in that one time that you did that. And I'm going, I, I need to be a good repeater. If, if my five-year-old could pick up on the fact that my little instructions of not playing video games during the week is going to be better for him, then how can I look at my heavenly father and all the stuff that he's given me to have a joyous and purpose-filled life and not say anything but, Daddy, I love your instructions. Things go so much better for me when I just do what you said in your word. I am so grateful you don't remember my past. Bringing it up to you is futile because you just love me. 
And if I die like you died, I'll live like you lived so I can give like you gave. So let's repeat after him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? If we had a church full of good repeaters, Lord have mercy. Irving and our surrounding areas would be transformed for Jesus Christ. If we had people that committed to dying every day, living every day, and giving every day, the places where you work, the places where you play, <laughs> they would be all looking around going, who, who are you? Why do you act like this? Why are you so nice? Why, why are you so kind? How come you weren't upset? You didn't get the promotion. Why are you still smiling? <laughs> Your kids are acting crazy. How do you have so much peace? I'm just repeating after him. If he says it, I'm saying it. If he does it, I'm doing it. Because I just want to be like him. So in a moment, we're going to pray. And if you need prayer for any reason, you don't have to be a resident of Embassy City Church to come for prayer. We just love praying for people. We have our altar ministry team here. You may be in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you need to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, you should just come. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing one more song, and at that time, whoever needs prayer can come. But if you need to give your life to Jesus, we invite you to come. We're not going to ask you a bunch of questions. We just want to receive you into the family of faith. Maybe you've been here, uh, you're a resident here, maybe you're visiting, and you've been carrying a burden all week, and it's time to drop it off. Don't let pride stand in the way of you getting the prayer that you need. There's nothing that you can say to our altar ministry team that's going to shock them. <laughs> Subsequently, there's nothing that you're going to say that's going to make them judge you. We love you here, and we love to pray for you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person that needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet?